Welcome to the latest episode of the Custom Private Equity Podcast. Today, we will talk with Paul Anthony Thomas, the principal at customprivateequity.com about SPACs. I'm Ron Davis, experienced podcaster, and I'll be asking all the newbie questions. So, Paul, we're going to talk about SPACs. I think a good way to start that is what is a SPAC, an S-P-A-C? Well, S-P-A-C stands for Special Purpose Acquisition Company. And basically, it's an investment strategy where a group of investors see an opportunity. They, say, they look at an at a industry and they say, we think there's a lot of opportunity. We don't know exactly what kind of opportunity we're going to run across, but there's opportunity for a management team to, to, to go out and invest money and make a lot of money in this economic environment. So an example is the oil and gas business today. The oil and gas business is on its backside, a lot of bankruptcies, a lot of people going down, but there's still demand for oil and gas. So there's a lot of opportunity in that business space today, in that sector today. So when an investor sees opportunities, they have to get ready to make, take advantage of those opportunities. So they have to have their legal organization in place, they have to have their money in place, and they have to have their investment strategy in place. So that's what a SPAC is. It's, it's a culmination of, of a group of investors, usually sometimes a single investor, a single family, or a group of families that go together and they say, okay, there's, there's going to be opportunity here. We're going to put the money up and have be ready whenever the next Resolution Trust Corporation comes around, which we believe is coming around pretty quick because of the housing crisis that's coming to us today. So we're putting together a SPAC to take advantage of what's happened in the COVID economy and how people, the work, the workloads that has changed and the places where people are working has changed. And that's going to create, create tremendous opportunities in the near future, the next 24 months. So in the legal world, the SPAC has to put, they put money together. Normally they sell shares at $10 a share in today's world. And this corporation sitting out there, and they're a, they're a publicly traded shell, and they ha and now they're they have their management team out looking for an opportunity to place that put that money to work. That's what a SPAC is. Okay, so Paul, what is your history with these special purpose vehicles? Well, it's very interesting. The very first deals I ever did, uh, we've been using SPACs, special purpose entities, in the oil and gas business forever, and in the real estate business. So anytime we would drill an oil well or a group of oil wells inside a city, we would form a separate company and it would be a special purpose company and it would acquire these leases and it would put up the money to drill the wells and it would be a special corporation. Well, that's what a SPAC is. Those were private SPACs. Today, a SPAC is used to, to take company, companies public for a very inexpensive dollar amount. And this group of investors will go out and buy what they call a shell or shell company and they will fund that shell company up by buying shares in that shell company, and the money will reside in that shell company. And if they don't find a, a, an act with a proper acquisition, or one that fits their, their acquisition criteria, or their investment criteria, within two or three years, they have to give the money back. So that's what we're doing today, is we're trying to form a SPAC to take advantage of the oil and gas, decline in the oil and gas business. And we're also doing one to, uh, take advantage of the, the, the marketplace in the self-storage business, in the commercial real estate business. So, uh, Could you tell me a few things that make up a special purpose acquisition company today? 
Well, generally, as they as investors pool money together, they'll uh, they'll buy a public shell and they'll buy stock in that public company. They'll have the public company issue issue treasury stock to them, and they'll buy that stock, and that stock will be uh, locked up for a little while. But they also company accompany that stock with a warrant. So when you put stock common stock or preferred stock with a warrant, it becomes a unit. They call it a unit. And you'll buy a unit for say ten dollars, and it might have two shares of common stock in it and a warrant. One 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 warrant to buy up to ten shares of common stock on or before a certain date. That's what a warrant is. When they do that, and they issue treasury stock, they might issue ten million shares of treasury stock, but the investors might only buy five million shares. So they might put up fifty million dollars, ten dollars a share, for those shares. But then the management team has a what they call an extra currency, another currency. So they have this public stock now that they can go out and they can trade with. They can sell, they can buy companies. So for instance, Pioneer Natural Resources just bought an entire another oil company with their public stock only. They didn't pay any cash. They just played public stock for that for that company. To protect investors from like a rogue sponsor getting all this capital under under, under his belt. Uh, the majority of the capital providers have to vote. So they, and they keep 85 to 90% of the money in a trust account. So the, the sponsor can't get to it. Sometimes hundred percent of the money in a trust account. So and they can't get to the money until they find a suitable acquisition. Um, also to protect investors, they, they, the asset that they purchase or the investments that they make have to be worth 80% of what the SPAC has invested. So there are rules that surround how a special purpose acquisition company can, can act and how a sponsor has to act inside that company. And those are, are things that we abide by whenever we, we do a public offering like this or a public uh, merger like this. So we're merging our private company that has all the money into a public shell, which has no money. And it's becoming a publicly traded special purpose acquisition company. Today, like I said, shareholders in a SPAC have voting rights, so they can vote to, to make the investment or no, vote not to make the investment. Uh, to form a SPAC, a sponsor like myself would purchase a clean public shell, fund it up by selling stock, and uh, basically create units for the investors to buy. So how is a warrant different from a stock option? A warrant is a type of a stop, stock option. Okay. A warrant allows the investor... So if the, if the special purpose acquisition company does what the investors expect, then it's going to be worth a whole lot more in the near future because it's bought this investment. They've made changes to the investment, to the company they bought or to the strategy they've bought, and it's grown in value. For instance, like buying Tesla. If you'd have had a special purpose acquisition company that bought Tesla in January of 2020, it would be worth eight times what it is today. So what it is in January of 2021. So that's a, the warrant would be basically to buy the special purpose, the SPAC stock at $10 a share when it's actually on the market today at $80 a share. So it is, and, it is a stock option and that's what the warrant is. Okay. So is there a sort of, is there a limitation or uh, can you sell one of these warrants the same way you would sell a stock option? You would sell the unit. Uh, it all depends, yeah, it all depends on how the how the 
the agreement's written as to whether the warrants are separate, what they call separately traded or not. You okay. can, if the, if, the, if the paperwork allows you to, to trade out the warrants, you can sell the warrants. Yes, you can. So what would the sponsor make from this transaction? Generally, a sponsor that puts one of these together is, is usually carried in the deal for anywhere from 18 to 20% of, of the equity. Uh, if they don't find a suitable product to buy within a two to three year period, they give the money back and the sponsors promote. Basically, it's called a promote goes away. But for putting the SPAC together, managing the SPAC on a daily basis, uh, going out and, and doing finding the opportunities, which is what my team does. We, we do constant market research. I, we would expect to get a 20% piece of the pie in that deal. Um, is there any conflict of interest between the management team and the investors in this type of situation? Uh, used to back in the 60s and 70s and 80s, whenever we were writing what they call blank check companies or, or uh, blind pool companies, there, there could be conflicts of interest. But in today's world, the SPACs are pretty tightly regulated, regulated and the paperwork states that the, if, a, if a management team runs across an opportunity that fits the criteria of this special purpose acquisition company, then that SPAC has to be offered that opportunity first. They have first right of refusal. So that takes away the, the conflict of interest that would be created, generally created between the management team and the investors. And the management team only makes money if the investment makes money because they own a percentage of it. They're not being paid a fee or salaries or anything like that. Well, they are, they could be paid some salaries for doing their research. That's why they only, you might only put 85 or 90% of the capital that you've raised. Say you raised $50 million. You might only put $45 million of that in trust because it costs money to go out and find these opportunities. These opportunities don't just present themselves. You have to go out and, and keep up with the market and you have to do research, constant research into the marketplace. And for instance, if we were, we have a rail car company, it's not a rail car company, but it's a logistics company we're looking at right now. If we were to buy that company, it takes money to go research that, you know, I'm going to travel to Houston this week, you know, and go, go figure out whether we want to try to buy, you know, a piece of this company and furnish capital to this company. Well, that's an expensive endeavor. You have to do research into the rail car unloading business and just the entire gambit of, of what, what's involved in the logistics and, and loading rail cars and unloading them and that kind of thing. And this company is looking for several million dollars to, to help them grow. And it's a tremendous opportunity, we believe. But we've done a year's worth of research into the company already. And we're going to got another six months or years worth of research that we're going to have to do before it's ready to put it, put money into. So that's an example. So you don't want to hamstring your sponsor. You don't want to make him do all his work up front for free. I mean, you need to give him, you need to pay him a little bit to get, to keep going. It's not, not like he's not putting money out every day on your behalf as an investor. Where do you see opportunities in your orbit today? Well, uh, the number one opportunity we see is, is there are over 1.2 million oil wells in, the North, in North America that need to be plugged. And this is gonna be a tremendous business in the near future. Uh, we've, we've actually started up a company that is a plugging company and an environmental cleanup company and a well control company. And we're, we're actually actively funding that. So that would be a special purpose acquisition deal that we would put together 
there's a special strategy in there that can make you a significant amount of revenue and a significant amount of money over the next five years to buy equipment and production. So that's our second opportunity is in the oil business, there's a lot of uh, it's being flooded with equipment, high quality equipment today. So we consider that to be a, another first tier opportunity that we would actually want to pursue in the uh, in that business. We feel like we could probably put $75 million to work in the next uh, 12 to 24 months. Uh, another opportunity that we see is the news surrounding the housing market and the, and the business market is all bad. We see a tsunami coming in the, in the real residential and apartment type real estate and also just in general in real estate we've had a hundred thousand businesses go out of business because of covid and in 2021 that's projected to be over five million businesses that are not going to make it through this dilemma uh, no matter how much money the government puts out these businesses are not going to be able to survive we've seen that in the retail business we've seen it in other areas the mall business they're not going to survive this this that it, the mall business was already suffering, but it's really suffering today. Business closures have called, caused real unemployment to spike, in our opinion, above 12% when the government's reporting a 6% rate. Uh, if you look at the numbers that you would realize that that number is closer to 12 to 15% of unemployment. Um, we've lost over 11 million jobs in North America, which has changed our business environment, basically changed it forever. So these things have caused mortgages to go into delinquency. We've got 4 million mortgages in today's world that are in delinquency now, and that's just in January of 21. We see that doubling by the middle of the year. When that happens, people are going to start losing their houses. Once the CDC lets up on the foreclosures, we're going to see people going on the streets. Uh, we've got a wave of defaults coming, and when that happens, we see another resolution trust coming uh, what they call Resolution Trust Corporation, which is was a tremendous opportunity for equity investors to buy assets back in the 1990s. Uh, we bought <laughs> we bought townhouses in downtown Dallas for $100 back then. So those are the types of opportunities we see coming down the pike. Um, in the 1990s, we bid on thousands of home home units, housing units, and commercial property. Here's an example. I have, I have an acquaintance whose father took a million dollars in 1992 and he invested it in some downtown Fort Worth real estate that was in foreclosure in the Resolution Trust Corporation. Today, that prop, those properties are worth over $300 million. That's just in 30 years. So they've, they've gone up in value by 300% in 30 years. Tremendous opportunities that we see coming down the pike. Uh, in 2021, 2022, probably see, we're going to see a 30 million people forced into undesirable living conditions with 9 million of them being homeless over the next two years, 18 months to two years. Um, it's funny how this works. We call this a slow money depression because it's not a depression where the stock market fell, falls 50% in one day and uh, the next day everybody's out of work. It's not that type of reaction. It's a slow moving reaction where we had um, 100,000 businesses go out of business last year. We're expecting that to be in the millions over the next 24 months. That's a slow moving result of a, of a major change in the economy. Um, 
a tremendous opportunity for SPAC sponsors to put a pool of money together and find a management team out there that's beating the streets every day, finding opportunities to invest this money. Uh, that's what my teams do. That's what we do. We're forming SPACs today to, to actually try to take advantage of what's coming. And we know it's coming because we've seen it happen in the past. The third opportunity we see is raw land developments. We're going to see back in the 90s, we, we could have bought a dozen home developers in, when the, in the deepest part of the recession. We could have bought a dozen of them for 10 cents on the dollar. Uh, today, we see that coming again. But you can't buy these things if you don't have a capital base to work with, if you don't have money in, in place, if you don't have a corporation or a, an LLC in place, a SPAC that, you, that has capital to invest. You can't buy these things. You get, they don't stand still long enough for you to make one stand still and go raise the money to buy it. When this market happens, it's like a feeding frenzy. There are pools of money out there that compete for these opportunities, and you have to have a pool of money set aside to do this. In the mid-1980s, 1990, 2001, 2009, we could have purchased foreclosed properties for pennies on the dollar. And uh, again, we see that coming today in 2021 and 2022. Well, Paul, that's a very interesting sort of situation going on, and it's good to learn some stuff about SPACs. And if anybody is still has questions or is interested, or if you want more information about today's topic, you can go to customprivateequity.com. And there are a number of resources there, as well as multiple ways to contact Paul. And I know he'd want to talk to you about these things one-on-one uh, -on -one as well. So once again, that URL is customprivateequity.com. Any final words, Paul? Yeah, Ron, I appreciate you being here today. And you can go look at the, we've put a several of these videos up on our YouTube channel. So you can actually go look at them on our YouTube channel. And if you want to watch what we've been doing over the last year, year and a half, two years, you can actually go look at those. So I appreciate your time today and thanks for being here.